You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.wordpress.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Luke's English Podcast. And um, let's see, what's this episode all about? Well, recently I posted onto Facebook a picture, uh, and the picture was a kind of uh, summary of lots and lots of questions which people have discovered on uh, Google Autocomplete. All right, so let me just explain the situation. What is Google Autocomplete? Well, you know when you go on Google, okay, you go onto Google and you want to, to search for something, and you might type in a couple of letters or a couple of words, and you get a load of options appearing below the search bar. And those options are like um, what Google thinks that maybe you're looking for. So it completes your, your search with you know, previously searched for items. So if you, for example, type in why, uh, why is, then one of those autocomplete options will be why is the sky blue? Why is the sky blue? And so Google is like suggesting, uh, com you know, completed versions of your question. Meaning, are you looking for this question? For example, why is the sky blue? You might be looking for why is Luke's English Podcasts so awesome? But if you type in why is, it'll say why is the sky blue? And those um, autocomplete suggestions are basically based on very, very common uh, searches. So it seems that why is the sky blue is a very, very common search. So if you just type in why is, why is the sky blue, it seems that lots and lots and lots of people have searched for why is the sky blue. That's why it comes up as, as one of the options, because those are the most common uh, questions that begin with why is. Now, this is pretty interesting. This is actually pretty interesting because it gives you a little insight into um, the kinds of questions that people are searching for online. Now, it does depend where you are. For example, if you're using the American version of Google, it will complete questions that have been asked in your area. So they will be American questions. If you're in the UK, uh, it'll complete the question with sort of UK searches. Um, okay, so... Um, but the, but it's very fascinating because some of the questions which appear in Google Autocomplete are really strange. Now, they're really bizarre, really weird. And you think, what are people thinking? Why, do people, why are people asking these questions? So some of them are strange. Some of the questions are actually very good questions, I think. You know, they're, they're quite deep questions which start to get really into the heart of some deep existential problems. You know, they say things like, you know, uh, why are people scared of death? Well, that is a big question. That's a big philosophical question, really. So um, I posted this JPEG, which was a kind of, um, um, let's see, a montage, I suppose, of lots and lots and lots of these common Google auto-completed questions. And um, lots of people responded on Facebook uh, with some comments. And so I thought, actually, some of these questions are really interesting. I would quite like to try to answer them. Okay, now I don't consider myself an expert on everything by any means. You know, I'm just a normal guy. Um, you know, I've got a university education. I've traveled a bit. Um, I've read, you know, a fair number of books. 
I've got, you know, I'm fairly sort of well informed about some things. Also, I just like to philosophize in my own way on on questions, right? And uh, I like to have fun. I like to explore different ideas. So I thought I would try and answer some of the questions uh, which have been found on Google Autocomplete. If you want to find the... Um, the, the picture which contains all of these questions, then I suggest that you go to Facebook and uh, go to Luke's English Podcast page on Facebook and you'll find the the post. Uh, it was posted by me last Sunday. So that would be, let's see, today's Friday. What's the date today? Goodness me, hold on. Let me just check the date so that you know, uh, so you'll be able to find this post. Um, Today is the 25th of October, Thursday 24th, Wednesday 23rd, Tuesday 22nd, Monday 21st. Sunday the 20th of October 2013 uh, was when I posted this picture on Facebook. So you can go back and find it. Um, I might manage to put this uh, picture onto my website as well. Um, I should just clarify that the... The picture I found, I found this picture when I was looking at an article uh, online. And the article kind of deals with uh, a kind of an important issue relating to um, Google Autocomplete. And that's the fact that um, recently a, um, an, a, a kind of campaign, an advertising campaign was launched um, to... Um, try to raise awareness of um, sexism against women in different countries around the world. Um, and um, so the campaign... Let me just tell you a little bit about the campaign before I talk about the autocomplete questions. So so the, the campaign comes from UN Women. And um, the campaign basically is a series of pictures with women's faces with Google auto-completed uh, responses to phrases like women shouldn't. And if we look at the women shouldn't picture, it says women shouldn't have rights, women shouldn't vote, women shouldn't work, and women shouldn't box. So that's quite shocking that these are common auto-completes for, you know, searches about women. It just reveals that in, you know, many places... Uh, you know, women's rights are still kind of put in question a lot of the time. So I thought I'd just mention that. That's It's from that article. The article was from Adweek, so that's adweek.com. And that's where I found this article. And that's where I also found this visual from XKCD. That's the visual that I was talking about earlier on, the one that um, has all these crazy auto-completed questions. So let's begin. Now, I'm just going to try and go through the questions and I'll try and respond to them in my own way. So the first one, um, first question is, why do whales jump? Why do whales jump? Now, you know what a whale is, like a big mammal that lives in the sea, like a killer whale or a sperm whale, a humpback whale, blue whale. Um, why do whales jump? Now... Okay, I'm not a whale expert by any means, but why do they do that? They do, don't they? Whales, obviously, um, they live in the sea, but they can't breathe underwater, right? Um, they're mammals. They actually breathe through a hole in the top of their head, the blowhole. 
they I think they can stay under the water for like half an hour or so before having to re- return to the top to breathe, basically. Um, but they don't need to jump out of the water to breathe. Sometimes whales will emerge from the water um, in order to catch, uh, to, to, in order to eat. They kind of rise to the surface and take a big bite of like lots of um, shrimp or krill that are near the surface of the water. But again, that's not really why they jump out. But it's a good question. Why do whales jump out of the water and crash down into the, the water again? I'm not a whale expert, but I suppose it's because it's fun. I suppose they just enjoy doing it. It must be great fun to leap into the air like that and then crash down into the water again. I suppose it's because it's fun. That's my answer to that. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, I'm very interested to see what you think about these questions as well. Do you have any uh, Do you have any answers? Now, we could just Google all of these things, um, but I'm not just going to record myself doing a long Googling session. You can Google them too. Um, and perhaps you can find out the real answers to this stuff. I probably will Google it later as well. Um, I don't know if I can put that into a recorded podcast episode. Anyway, moving on. Next question. Why are witches green? Why are witches green? A witch, you know what a witch is, don't you? Like evil old woman. They, they come out at Halloween. <laughs> you know, they seem to enjoy laughing in an evil way like that. They ride on a broomstick. They often have like a black pointy hat and a black cat. Um, and like uh, they're typically green. They have a green face with like uh, warts on their nose. A witch. <laughs> That's how witches laugh, don't you think? So um, why are witches green? Well, I think probably it's just the the, the appropriate colour for an evil old woman, don't you think? Maybe it's just because um, from that movie, The Wizard of Oz. There are several witches in that in that film. The Wicked Witch of the West, the Wicked Witch of the East, I think. And in that film, the witch the witches have a green face. I think it's just um, you know in a movie, it it makes the witch seem more like a monster if you give her green skin. It's more scary, more monstrous, and also it's a bright color that would look pretty cool in a big Technicolor movie from from the 19, what, 1920s? So that's probably why witches are green, because the idea of a green witch came from an old movie in um, where it just looks appropriate, to, it looks evil to make her green. I don't think witches have always been green. I imagine from that film that sort of set a precedent for witches being green. And now we have this musical called Wicked, I think the musical tells the story of the witches from the, the Wizard of Oz um, movie. And, of course, they're green in that, uh, in that musical as well. It just follows on from the fact that the witches were green in the movie. But why are witches green? Green is, is it's not a particularly attractive colour for, for, for a person, really. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it if you are green-skinned. I doubt that there are any green-skinned people listening to this. I don't know, maybe there are some witches listening to this. You know, oh, let's listen to Luke's English podcast. Double bubble, toil and trouble. I shall download Luke's English podcast. I don't know why that that witch sounded a bit like Yoda, didn't didn't she? 
who also has green skin. Um, is there a connection? I don't, I don't know. But anyway, why are witches green? I think it comes from the Wizard of Oz movie, uh, which had green, evil-looking witches, just as a kind of a way to make them look colourful and evil. Um, next, why are there mirrors above beds? <laughs> okay, why are there mirrors above beds? Well, not all beds have mirrors above them, but some beds do, don't they, ladies and gentlemen? Some beds have a mirror um, on the ceiling above, uh, or maybe a mirror, you know, positioned above the bed. Well, I imagine that's for sort of sexual reasons. I expect some people enjoy looking at themselves in the mirror when they are, you know, getting off with someone. You know what I mean? When they're, um, you know, getting involved in a bit of hanky-panky in bed, sometimes maybe it's exciting to be able to see what's going on from a different angle by looking in the mirror. Uh-huh. So that's probably why there are mirrors above beds, so that people can watch themselves having sex. There you go. I think that's probably the only answer. I can't think of a, another reason why you would have a mirror above your bed. Um just so that you could watch you know you and your partner can see yourselves from different angles when you when you're doing it um yeah what do you think ladies and gentlemen is there another reason that you'd have a mirror above your bed uh i don't know um next question is why do i say uh why do i say uh well i think a lot of people say things like uh or um or um i mean in spain it would be eh um <laughs> Uh, in uh, France, it's like bah. In um, in in Japan, it's like eto. Um, in Liverpool, it's air eh as well. Eh. So Spain and Liverpool have the same sound. Eh. Em. And I go um uh. So why do we do these sounds? Well, I suppose it's just you know something you a noise you make uh, while you're trying to think of the next thing to say. It, it, it's strange though. It's sort of psychological isn't it why do we have to make a sound that's not a word i suppose you've got to get the vocal cords moving if the vocal cords are moving it allows you to bring in the next word more easily perhaps yes um it's, it's interesting it's a very interesting question i think it's just a little um uh little pause i suppose right I suppose that we sometimes start saying a word or start making a sound and the brain can very quickly turn that sound into a word. And it's a way of having, you know, a way of having some fluency. Now, really, really fluent speakers who are really smart, really clever, are able to talk without going uh at all. And it requires quite a lot of self-control to make sure that you don't go uh. Now, I suppose it's a habit to an extent, going uh as a as a, a way to, to pause, or to allow yourself to think, but to also keep making some kind of sound. It's, a, I suppose, a substitute for a word. You want to keep talking, but your brain is catching up with your mouth. So you end up, rather than saying a word, you, you have to just fill the silence with a sound. Uh, I think it's probably a discipline. You have to try hard. To, you have to focus on not going uh i'm going to try doing that in this episode okay i'm going to try to stop going uh um 
oh, I just did it. I just did it then. It's really, really hard. It's very hard to do. I'm going to try and focus on it. Now, I realise that saying that is going to mean that you're now listening for every time I go, uh. It's very natural to go, uh, when you're talking. Um, so I don't want to set myself some kind of impossible challenge. Um, I'm not going, uh, I'm just humming. Yes. Let's carry on, though, anyway. Why do we say, uh? I think I've just explained it, and I've also just set myself a challenge. Don't go, uh, or try not to go, uh, while recording the rest of this episode, Luke. Okay. Right. Next question. Why is sea salt better? Why is sea salt better? Is sea salt better? Is it? I mean, I suppose this question is about the fact that when you go to the supermarket and you buy some salt... You've got options, haven't you? You've got just standard table salt. And then you have, like, fancy, posh sea salt crystals. And the sea salt is more expensive than the standard table salt. So it's quite a reasonable question. You might think, well, why is sea salt better? Just because it's from the sea, does that make it better? I mean, you know, like, why... Why? It's all salt, isn't it? Whether it comes from the sea or comes from the not, not the sea. Why am I paying more for sea salt? I think, to an extent, this is marketing. It's probably just, you know, marketing people going, right, we need to try and m- sell more salt. How are we going to do it? Well, sir, um, I thought maybe we can just say that it's sea salt and then people are going to think that that's good just because it's from the from the sea ah good idea okay let's do that so we're going to market our salt as um you know authentic sea salt from you know some special ocean somewhere pacific sea salt crystals um and then just that that's like a little marketing hook which uh will perhaps make people buy more salt at higher prices um, I wonder what the science is on this. Do you think that um, sea salt is better salt than, than you know, salt taken from the ground? We don't really know, do we? But we certainly know that the container that the salt comes in, if it's sea salt, it, it has like a kind of a nice looking picture of like a wave or some picture of, of the, that makes you think of the Atlantic Ocean or something. So it's a more appealing product. The idea that you know the mystery of the ocean that somehow we have extracted authentic sea salt from from the sea, this kind of um, natural place, uh, whereas table salt, table salt, it's just very pragmatic. It's very boring. Salt on the table, you, it's table salt because you put it on the table. There's no mystery. There's no kind of uh, atmosphere to that, is there? Also, you know that. you know table salt or salt that's not from the sea it's just been extracted from the ground and that's also not as glamorous is it you just think they just dug it out of the ground with a machine a big hole in the ground and they pulled the salt out i'm sure that salt comes from other places too but i think it's marketing i don't think sea salt is particularly better than other salt it's all the same stuff it's the same chemical isn't it sodium i think um so I'm not convinced that sea salt is better. It's just it just has a better image for some reason. Um, I I wonder if I'm going to get through all these questions. Let's see. Next question is why are there trees in the middle of fields? What a weird question. 
Why are there trees in the middle of fields? Okay, this is probably someone who has been driving along in their car through the countryside and they've looked out of the window and there's lots of fields and then sometimes in the middle of a field you get a tree and the farmer has to work around this tree. You know, he'll be, let's say, ploughing his field or cutting the crops from the field, harvesting the crops and there's just a tree in the middle. He has to drive his tractor around the tree. Um, Now, what kind of person would ask that question really? I mean, this is a person, I, I suppose, who who um, expects fields to be completely um, sort of uniform, it's completely standardised. A field can only be a field. You can't have a tree in it. You know, why would there be a tree in a field? It's a pretty stupid question, don't you think? I think it's a pretty stupid question. Of course, at one point, most of these fields were just trees. Most of the, certainly in England... Most of the countryside was just trees everywhere. It was like a big forest. And then, you know, people decided that they would chop the trees down in order to use the land to grow stuff. Fine, that's fine, agriculture. But um, I suppose sometimes these trees, some trees remain there in the middle of the field because they're too big, you know. Like the farmer doesn't want to chop the tree down because it's it's too big. He doesn't want to have to do it. And he's quite happy to just drive his tractor around the tree. Trees grow in fields. That's what they do. And if you've got a big tree growing in the middle of your field, you might leave it there. Also, the farmer might decide, well, it's a, it, I like this tree. It's nice. It looks good. That's why he's left it there. Sometimes the tree will be part of the hedgerow and hedgerows are very important a hedgerow is like a a line of uh smaller trees um a hedge like a uh, a long um a kind of small tree close to the ground that that forms a long hedge trees sometimes form part of the hedgerow and the hedgerow is very important for dividing your fields up and it could be um a dividing line between two different farms um, but also the hedgerow is an important f- natural feature because it can protect your field against like wind. If you have a long, a very large open field, then um, uh, the wind can just blow across the field and damage your crops. So sometimes if you break up the field with hedges, then that can, can provide some protection. Um, so maybe the tree is just a feature of the hedgerow. Or maybe the farmer has decided, no, I'm going to leave this tree here because, um, you know, animals live in it. You know, maybe there's a, an owl's nest in the tree. And because the farmer is a uh, um, someone who likes nature and he decides that he doesn't want to p- deprive animals of their natural habitat, he's going to leave the tree there. I don't, I don't think uh, it, it's a good question because if you see a tree in a field, surely you should be thinking, that's a nice looking tree. Trees are beautiful things. They provide oxygen. Um, you shouldn't be thinking, no, I, I don't know why there's a tree there. That stands out. That's, that's not consistent with the rest of this environment. Therefore, let's remove it. No, that's a stupid question. Let's move on to the next one. Why is there not a Pokemon MMO? Uh, multiple... Oh, God, I need to know what MMO means. MMO, I suppose, is a kind of uh, computer game. Um, I think it's some sort of multiplayer online computer game um, format. I'm just checking out the real definition of the word MMO. Um, 
Okay, MMO definition. All right, great. I'm using my girlfriend's computer, and of course, it's all in French. Um, I wonder sometimes what uh, my audience thinks about the fact that I'm living in France. But my position on it is, although this is Luke's English podcast, and it's real British English, um, I think, I, I believe in a kind of multicultural world, and I also believe that Britain is, although it's an island, it's not an island. You know what I mean? Britain is, is actually part of Europe and it's part of the rest of the world. Um, so I don't think there's anything wrong with being abroad when I do Luke's English podcast. I'm still British. I'm still, Luke's English podcast is still a British English podcast. But I can do this anywhere I want. That's the magic of the internet. I could be anywhere. I could be in 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 Ecuador, I could be in Colombia, and I'd still be doing Luke's English podcast. I could be in, um, you know, Chile. Um, I could be in in um, in Goa in India. I could still be doing Luke's English podcast. I could be living in Japan again, in Tokyo. I would still be doing Luke's English podcast, and it would still be pretty much the same thing. Uh, let's so so all right so, um, MMO. Oh, multi massive multiplayer online game okay a massive multiplayer online game so the question is why is there no pokemon like online multiplayer game um it's a pretty good question isn't it i suppose because pokemon is such a huge uh, franchise such a popular franchise you'd have thought that they would launch some kind of big online platform for pokemon um yeah, you, I suppose you'd have to contact Nintendo to ask about that. Um, is Pokemon a Nintendo-owned franchise? If it is, then I wonder if, if Nintendo has any MMO games because um, it might be a Nintendo strategy not to to make multiplayer online games. I'm sure they have some. I'm sure that the Nintendo Wii allows you to go online and play against other people. Um, anyway, Pokemon MMO. It would be pretty cool because Pokemon is an extremely popular game franchise. Maybe they're developing it. Maybe that's the thing. Um, now, next question. Why is there laughing in TV shows? Why is there laughing in TV shows? Well, okay, this question is about canned laughter. Uh, canned laughter. Um, can, like a can, you know, a can of Coke, um, a tin can, aluminium can. Canned laughter, that refers to the fact that in some TV shows, you get, like, fake laughter added over the top. So it would be, you know, particularly in American shows, if you can picture some kind of typical American TV show set in someone's house and... Um, like um, the the dad comes home from from work. Hi, honey, I'm home, and the audience goes. Ha, ha, ha. It's really annoying that kind of canned laughter. But um, I suppose it's because um, it's it's a subconscious thing. And if if you're watching a TV show and there is laugh, there's a laughter track. It subconsciously is telling you this show is funny. Okay. Um, it's again it's psychology. It's it's a pretty good question because now in, in my experience of doing comedy, uh, it helps the gig if other people are laughing, right? If if you get 
you know, some people in the audience laughing, then you'll find that the rest of the audience then will start laughing too. Because laughing is infectious. Okay, if other people laugh, it somehow adds colour to the jokes and it makes the whole thing a lot funnier. So subconsciously, if you're watching a TV show and you hear laughter, it's basically telling you where the jokes are, it's telling you where you should be laughing, it's like a signpost for this is a funny bit, that's a funny bit. Um, sometimes people just need a little trigger to you know, help them to enjoy the show. But I think these days people are pretty clever and quite comedy literate. People know when they're supposed to find it funny. And also comedy shows these days are quite detailed, quite subtle, full of little nuances. It's not just simple joke, you know, not a joke, joke, not a joke, joke. Often TV shows now are very complex and, you know, they're full of varying degrees of humour. Some things are like understated jokes, some things are big jokes, some things are ironic, some things are actually pretty serious. And so it's not appropriate to have a laughter track. If you watch shows like uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm or The Office or all kinds of other modern comedy shows, you'll see that they often don't have laughter tracks. I actually think it's better these days that shows don't have laughter tracks because, um, you know, it gives you, an audience member, a bit more freedom to decide which things you find funny and which things you you know find to be serious or whatever so a lot of shows now are more subtle they don't have the laughter track thank goodness although uh, there is actually another point there some tv shows are filmed in front of a live audience like friends used to be filmed in a studio with an audience watching it and so that laughter that you hear in Friends is real audience laughter. It's not like fake laughter added afterwards, but real laughter. Um, so, again, that just creates a certain atmosphere in a show, um, which, um, you know, adds a certain kind of energy and fun to, to proceedings when you hear other members of the audience enjoying it. Um, it's just comedy, I suppose. It's Sometimes these things are necessary. Um, Right, next, we've got, why are there doors on the freeway? Why are there doors on the freeway? That doesn't make sense. I don't know what that means. I think this is an, uh, an American question. The freeway, I suppose, is like the motorway. Are there doors on the freeway? Um, I, I don't understand that question. If you're in America and you understand what that means, then please leave a comment on this explaining it because I don't know what that means. Maybe that means that the freeway... There are barriers on the sides of the freeway, like fences or something, and in some sometimes you see doors. Maybe the freeway has like concrete barriers and there are doors in the barriers. I assume that there are doors in the freeway to allow people to access the freeway on foot, um, but I don't really understand that. Next question. Now, I, I can't read that question because it's too small. So the next one is, why aren't there any countries in Antarctica? Oh, dear, that sounds like a stupid question, wouldn't you say? Why aren't there any countries in Antarctica? Okay, maybe it's not. Maybe it's not a stupid question. Antarctica is uh, in the southern hemisphere. I think technically it's a continent. But why are there no countries there? I think it's because... Um, it's not really inhabited and I think the land is is sort of disputed territory uh, because it's so uninhabitable it's so difficult to live there 
no one has really made the step to populate it and as a result there's there has been no need f- for setting up borders um and setting up things like uh, uh you know governments and administrations for those areas and uh, leaders and uh, civilians and stuff like that you know all the things that you need laws and <coughs> um some kind of passport issuing agency i suppose that's why because no one lives on antarctica and so there's no need for any kind of uh system of of dividing the 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 continent into countries but i do believe that we're moving in that direction because i think that uh, different countries have sort of started to um uh, lay out some borders on antarctica and we're moving towards a situation where I th- really, really Antarctica is just owned by different uh, different countries in the rest of the world. So America has a bit, Russia has a bit, and so on. Um, it could be interesting to see how this develops because there, there may be some disputes over who owns which parts of Antarctica, but there are no independent states within uh, in Antarctica itself. Um, I suppose oil has something to do with this as well. There's probably some access to fossil fuels um, via Antarctica. Um, Why are there scary sounds in Minecraft? Well, I don't play Minecraft, so I can't explain why there are scary sounds. Probably scary sounds to create a scary atmosphere, which makes the game more fun, I suppose, but I don't know what the scary sounds are in Minecraft. Um, Next question, why is there knocking... Why is there kicking in my stomach? Wow, that's one hell of a question. Why is there kicking in my stomach? Okay, all right. That's a little bit worrying, that question. If, if you're typing that question, why is there kicking in my stomach? Now, if you're a, a girl typing that, that might mean that you're pregnant, okay? If you can feel kicking coming from inside your abdomen, you might want to get a pregnancy test done. That might mean that you've got a person inside you growing, a person which will, um, well, a person which will uh, in a few months probably uh, decide to leave your body and enter the world and then you'll have to look after it, okay? It's a human being that you have to care for. So if, you're, if you've got kicking coming from inside you, could be a baby. You might want to just check that out. You know, you might want to just think, did I, you know, you know, have I had sex with a lot of people or anyone um, sort of recently within the last uh, nine months? Because um, that could be a baby. Maybe if you're kicking inside your stomach, I don't know, maybe you've just got indigestion. You might just want to check your diet and see what kind of crazy food you're eating. Um, but kicking, specifically kicking, sounds like a baby to me and it sounds like quite a a well-developed baby too if it's actually able to kick so you might want to go and see the doctor about that and then (coughs) you might want to just (coughs) re-evaluate your life at that point if you've got (coughs) a kid on the way if you've got a little bun in the oven you might want to just reassess just make sure that you've got you know you got got whatever is necessary to look after that child when it eventually arrives. Wow. 
there's always adoption. You could always put the child up for adoption. Hopefully, someone will take him on. I don't know why. I don't, you know, I don't think people listening to Luke's English podcast are the kinds of people who write these questions on on Google. Uh, who knows? Maybe they think that they're going to get the answers to the, to this stuff. In fact, they are. They're getting the answers to this stuff in this episode. Um, let me just check the time. 35 minutes, okay. I'm going to sort of try and move through these questions a little bit more quickly and maybe be a bit more selective. Why are there two slashes after HTTP? It's true, isn't it? HTTP colon forward slash forward slash. Um, I don't know the answer to that. You need some kind of, um, you know, web specialist, some IT person. Um, some of my listeners um, know all about these things. Why are there two forward slashes after HTTP colon? Let me know. Um, now, next question. Why are there celebrities? Why are there celebrities? Why do celebrities exist? That's a, that's a really good question, I think, um, because these days celebrities just dominate so much of our news. So much media attention is given to celebrities. Why? Why is this? It's, it's pretty interesting. Now, I'm going to try and answer this question. Um, I suppose... Maybe there's something natural within us which likes to observe others. We like to look at others, other people. So in some kind of, um, in a nosy way, we like to observe what other people are doing in their lives. We can, we can check them out. It's just fun to, to watch other people and to investigate other people's lives. I think maybe it's a kind of a natural instinct for us. We need to pry into other people's business as a way of like learning about how other people live, which then gives us a bit of perspective on our lives. But celebrities are different, aren't they? They're not just other people. Celebrities are, I suppose, what people that we have decided are exceptional in some way. Um, and so they provide some kind of, I don't know, I guess some kind of... Uh, model that we can aspire to um, but I, I know that a lot of people don't look up to celebrities so maybe there's something about the fact that we enjoy um, observing other people particularly people we think are exceptional like exceptionally good looking exceptionally talented people and we we look up to them and we sort of live vicariously through their lives in a way you know, if you've got like a favorite uh, movie star, you want to find out about their relationships and things like that because you, you start to get to know that person. You build some sort of weird relationship with them. Um, maybe you can sort of almost live some experiences through them. You know, they provide some kind of ideal version um, of, of a person that we can aspire to be. So if you, you know, if, for example, it would be awesome to, to live like a celebrity maybe like Johnny Depp, he's so kind of cool. He hang, he has so many great friends. He's friends with people like Paul McCartney and Keith Richards. It would be amazing to to not only hang around with those people, but for have to have those people give you respect because of all the great work you've done, all the good movies you've been in. It would be amazing to live in that level of society. So maybe we idealise these people a bit and we live through them somehow. But also, I think it, a lot of it's to do with just commercial industry-related things. The fact that now celebrities are part of a big business. I mean, show business. It's a very, very lucrative, very uh, 
um, you know, a very uh, big money-making industry. So this means that celebrities are used as products, basically. So you've got the media, um, TV, newspapers, and the rest of it, all the, the internet and everything, uh, movie industry, the music industry, entertainment industry in general, um, celebrities are their product. And so they kind of uh, use celebrities to get our attention. Um, and then once they've got our attention, then they can make money from that by you know, getting um, advertising contracts, um, by selling their movie products to us, things like that. So it's an industry. So the celebrities are just a, a product in uh, uh, the wider industry of show business. But I think there's some something else, some other human thing here, which is that you know we're drawn to observing these people that we've decided are special. Now there are some celebrities that I just don't understand. I don't understand why they're celebrities. And I think some people, it's really a case of just really careful business management rather than genuine sort of charisma, talent. Or, or interest in them personally. Like, and, and I'm not even going to mention the name of this family that I'm talking about, but I think you know who I mean. There's a family in America who are famous for nothing. They're famous for being celebrities. They're famous just because they've got um, contacts, they've got connections with uh, the showbiz world, and they've, they decided as a career choice, as a family, that they would just do everything they could to make money by selling their images, selling their their lives to the media, letting the public consume their identities, their lives and everything. So they, they did reality shows to um, allow people to get a glimpse of their lives, their glamorous Hollywood lives. Uh, they uh, publish pictures of themselves. They publish uh, uh, video footage of their weddings. Um, they sell their stories to newspapers um, and this is all carefully managed uh, it's a very carefully managed business uh, I'm not going to mention the name of this family just because I think um, Luke's English Podcast should be a place where this name is never mentioned um, and I believe that because I don't I personally don't think they have anything to offer other than the fact that they've got an incredibly efficient marketing and publicity machine working for them. I, I'm not going to mention the name, but I think you know who I'm talking about. Now, what have they really done? Now, I understand Paul McCartney. He's a huge celebrity because of the the things that he's given us. He's given us great music. M music is a... <coughs> for me, music is a high-level form of art. It's It's real aesthetic beauty in the form of, first of all, like hard work. You know, to make good music, you need to work very hard, um, which is then combined with a sort of talent to create beautiful, majestic, um, artistic um, pieces. So Paul McCartney wrote, with John Lennon and the other guys in the Beatles, some mo beautiful, moving music, music which touches your soul, music which can help you to learn about your emotions and learn about the world, music which can heal you if you're feeling sad or depressed, broken. You can listen to uh, your favourite song by your favourite artist and it actually contributes to 
making you feel better and, and, and it's like food for the soul. So I understand why Paul McCartney is celebrated as, um, you know, a celebrity. Um, but then people who are just famous for doing a sex tape, um, you know, I, I, I just don't think we should give them our attention because it only makes them stronger. So mentioning their name is only going to help them in the end because it's like giving them extra publicity. So I'm not going to mention their names. Why are there celebrities? But it's a very good question. I think it's something to do with our culture um, and something to do with our, our human nature that we need or want these people uh, in lights um, on our TV screens. Um, okay, the next question is, on one hand, ridiculous, but on the other hand, strangely um, existential and interesting. Uh, the question is, why do snakes exist? Right, okay. Why do snakes exist? Well, okay, it's kind of a stupid question because um, why, I mean, it's not like animals exist for a particular purpose, in my opinion. I, I think... Probably, if you if you ask you know scientists who are the who are the people who really spend a lot of time and energy trying to answer these questions, um, a scientist would probably say, well, snakes exist because um, they they manage to adapt to their environment. I mean, over millions and millions of years, snakes have just found uh, a niche in in the world which allowed snakes to exist. So I think snakes exist because. Um, the world has allowed them to, to, to exist because they survived and because they managed to adapt to, to, to survive in the world. Um, it's really a question of evolution. I suppose at some point, billions of years, millions of years ago, billions of years ago, um, when life on Earth was pretty basic, a lot of, a lot of life that we have now started from a similar place. Um, like very basic single cell life forms and over millions of years like millions it's over such a long period of time that we can hardly even ho hold the idea in our minds um, over millions of years this life diversified and found you know found its way into different conditions in the world and through um, you know over a very long period of time uh, certain life forms didn't survive. Some life forms did survive because they were most they were, they were suitable for those conditions. So I suppose snakes have have, have survived because um, they've just found themselves to be um, you know suitable for certain conditions. So snakes are actually are very well designed by by evolution. Um, th this kind of raises a, a big question about the origins of life. Some people believe that snakes exist because God designed them to exist. He, he, he created the world and he, he kind of created all the animals that we have and he put them all on earth and he has got some sort of plan. We don't know what his plan is. Um, so some people believe it's God. Some people believe that these creatures just sort of develop in a, in a very, very, very complicated way in, in the, the, through the process of evolution. These animals... Um, um, manage to survive and so their genes get passed on to the next generation and certain genetic mutations uh, occur <coughs> over very long periods of time which mean that these species sort of start to develop in different directions. For example, the snake 
develops, you know, a certain kind of skin. And it, through millions of years of genetic mutation, it's, it, evolution is a much more complicated idea to, to hold in your head than the idea of intelligent design. Um, I'm not completely sure, you see. Now, I know that um, I, I, I tend to side with the idea of evolution myself, but I still don't think that covers everything. There's still the question of why, did, why, why does life want to survive? Why does life even exist in the first place? And, and if, exist, if evolution is a sort of um, the, pro, the, the result of the laws of physics and the laws of chemistry and the laws of, of the universe, who, you know, why do these laws even exist? So there are lots of questions which science doesn't answer. But then again, just because science doesn't have the answer to those questions, it doesn't mean that we then have to provide answers by saying that it was God who did it. See, that's, that's one of the arguments that um, religious believers or believers in God use. The idea is the idea that we don't know why the universe exists, therefore God created it. And the argument against that is that um, just because we don't know why the earth exists or why the universe exists, it doesn't therefore follow that it was God who did it. Um, you know, it's just like saying, it's like the UFO example. If you look into the sky and you see uh, something in the air and you don't know what it is, there's no logic in the idea that it's therefore aliens. Just because we don't know what it is, I mean, that's the end, really. I don't know what it is. That's it. Stop. You don't know what it is. You can't then conclude that it's one thing. It could be anything. <coughs> Um, so this is really a question of the existence of God at this point. Wow, this is this got really deep. I hope you follow what I'm saying. Um, there, there is a name for that argument, the the argument of uh, I don't know what it is, therefore it's God. For example, we don't know what happens after we die, therefore we go to heaven. You know, there isn't there is a name for that argument. I can't think of the name right now. Um, but it's a common argument used by people who who believe in the existence of God. Um, yes, I'm not completely sure. I'm not going to uh, lay all my cards on the table. Uh, I'm not going to put all my eggs into one basket and say that there is definitely no God. But I'm also not going to put. I'm not going to just assume that God designed things just because I don't understand how the world exists. There you go. So I suppose for me. I guess I'm kind of atheist, but I'm, I guess I'm agnostic. Agnostic means that I'm not really sure. Maybe there's a God, maybe there isn't. Um, so I suppose I'm agnostic. But I also kind of lean towards atheism. I kind of... A, the atheistic arguments te tend to make more sense to me. But I also agree that, you know, religion has a kind of place in the world. Some people say that religion has done more damage than good. But I also think that religion helps a lot of people. You know, for example, if you're um, an alcoholic or a drug addict um, who requires belief in a higher power to, to rescue you from a very damaging habit, which you can't escape in any other way, if you need to, if you need to grasp some sense of faith or higher power as a way of saving yourself, then, you know, fair enough. 
I'm not going to deny people the right to do that. Um, so I also see that you know religious belief has has done you know has helped a lot of people. Should religious believers try to push their religious beliefs on others? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think um, if you believe in God, I don't think then you should force me to believe in God too. I think we should be all free to believe whatever we want. Um, it's a free country. It's a free earth. It's a free earth, man. Um, now, I'm going to pause this because I need to blow my nose. Because as you can hear, uh, I'm recovering from a cold. It's another reason why uh, I've been a little bit quiet recently. I've just been suffering from hard work uh, and, a, and, a, and a bad cold and all kinds of other things. Um, so I'm going to pause the podcast now. And then we will resume in just a moment. You're not going to realize that I've paused it because through the magic of, of digital editing, you, it's, it's going to make no difference. But I'm now going to pause time and go and blow my nose and I, I'm going to come back. Hopefully when I come back, uh, my voice is going to sound a little bit clearer. Let's see, shall we? Okay, I'm back again. I wonder if you can tell a difference between my voice then and my voice now. You're probably thinking, doesn't sound much different, Luke. Uh, well, I have just blown my nose. It feels better. Um, but I'm developing a slightly itchy cough. So I think I'm just going to do a couple of other questions and then I'm going to call it a day on this episode. But I'm really enjoying this episode because um, some of these questions are crazy. But they kind of reveal... They're quite deep questions in some cases. Like, for example, why do snakes exist? It's a very, very deep question, really. Um, now... Um, I've, I've had an idea which is um, a good way to develop some interaction um, in this episode. So obviously I'm just sort of um, improvising my own responses to these questions. But what you can do is after listening to this or while you're listening to it, you can like verify my answers by going onto Google and actually typing in the question you'll probably find that Google will auto-complete the question for you. So you don't even have to do much typing. And then you do some research and find out sort of the best answers for these questions. And then you can verify whether I was correct. Did I, did I answer the question in the right way? Um, was I completely wrong or, or not? Um, have a look on Google and see what you find. And then you can just add comments to this podcast to just, you know, give us, to share a bit more information about some of these questions. Um, and I think that would be a good way for you to kind of interact and, uh, like, respond um, with, uh, uh, you know, some more information. I think that's probably a good idea. Um, this picture that I'm talking about has got so many questions on it, and some of them are brilliant questions. I really, really can't wait to, to talk about some of this stuff. Um, but I'm going to have to stop here now because um, I've just got to give my voice a bit of a rest. Um, but um, I hopefully will come back to this picture and deal with more of these questions later on. Um, so thanks very much for listening to Luke's English Podcast. Um, you're doing a very, very good thing, aren't you? Of course you are. It's good for your English. Absolutely. Um, if you have any responses, you can add comments. And uh, thanks again for listening to Luke's English Podcast. That's all for me for this episode. Uh, and it just remains for me to wish you a very, very happy day, night, evening, morning, whatever it is. And goodbye. Bye. 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 
Thanks again for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, you can visit teacherluke.wordpress.com.